Welcome to What's the Word Downtown, a weekly podcast dedicated to mining the depths of the word, a word that's sharp and active in downtown Tyler, Texas. Join Eric, Matt, and Mike as we get the word out at Bethel. Well, hey, welcome back to What's the Word Downtown. My name is Matt McGill with Pastor Eric Barton, and we are going to talk about the sermon from yesterday. We got jumped we jumped right in uh, having left Ephesians we had a week with Josh White now we're uh, into the word with Titus yep a uh, short book letter from Paul to Titus yep uh, and I have to say that like some of the some of the times where I feel like I've really heard from God right or and I, I don't say heard like uh, like I'm uh, totally quiet and I hear a voice, but rather right. seeking to meet someone's need. I have asked God to say, I've said something like, God, if, if you were in me, if you really lived in me, just imagine that. Right. Just imagine that. Right. What would you say? Mm-hmm. What would your, how, how, how would you be empathetic? empathetic? How would you be compassionate? What would your words of soothing, what would the... What would your word? How would your words be a balm right now to some perceived need of someone else? And I see, I see Titus as a documented. Sure, it's a it's a letter, but it's also a conversation of faith. Right. And there and and it's through this well reasoned concern yeah. for the brother that God's word literally was elicited from Paul. Mm-hmm. How exciting! To think that it's it, it's not just a letter, it's not just a historical document, but it's actually the word of God that 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 came out because Paul, Apostle Paul, cares about the brother in Christ. And what's fascinating and potentially overwhelming is that you've got, without question, this little letter, this little epistle, is inspired scripture. Paul knows that he's doing that, but that's not his primary principal concern, I don't think. I think this is a very personal, practical communication from an apostle to a protege that turns out, yes, it is Scripture. And in the sovereignty of God, Well, let me ask you scripture. this, because, and you, you bring this up, and I, I don't know. Uh, it, we know that the, the Jews held and continue to hold tight to the Torah mm-hmm. as... Uh, Sacred literature. Sure. Could Paul, did Paul, would Paul have considered that which God was giving him a canon, part of the canon? Absolutely. Really? He you think he knew that, he that like these things will be held together and it will become... Yeah. Wow. I don't know that he knows that it's going to be bound in this sort of 66 books. I don't know that he knows that, but he knows that what he's writing is an inscripturation. And it's a furtherance yes, of the Old Testament. It's an expansion of the revelation that God gives in the Christ event net of the coming of Messiah. He'll say it in Galatians, in Corinthians. He'll allude to it in the pastoral epistles, Timothy and Titus, that what he's writing is an apostle. He says it in Ephesians. He is an apostle, which is the New Testament version of a prophet. So when Jeremiah or Isaiah speak... It is inscripturated, and Paul knows that he, because he has seen the risen Lord Jesus, the wonderful story on the road to Damascus in Acts 9, he 
though he would be horrified and shocked to think prior to the road to Damascus that he would in any way add to or expand Torah, yeah. having an encounter with the risen Christ, he knows that he is now the expander, the 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 ringmaster, we might yeah. say, of the new unveiling of the Christ event and what that means as the gospel now breaks forth. And so even as he writes a personal communication to Titus, yeah. I mean, to your illustration, how would God have this conversation with this apprentice, this protege, if he was having it with him? Well, in a sense, he is. Yeah. In the case of Paul, it ends up being scripture. But no less, I want to say impactful and influential mm -hmm. is when you and I have a conversation mm -hmm. or whether you're having a conversation with someone downstairs mm -hmm. in the foundry and you're mindful that this is a wonderful opportunity to have a spirit-soaked dialogue, man, that God is no less in that than he was when he's inspiring Paul to write this. Now, we don't inscripturate, mm -hmm. but God is no less sovereign, mm -hmm. no less involved in this dialogue or when we are mindful and so the question really becomes, how many opportunities do we miss merely because we're on autopilot, we're apathetic, we're not mindful that, hey, this is an opportunity with yeah. my well, spouse we tend to, to have think, that. We tend to think in Old Testament terms that, uh, like, you know, Moses had to go to the top of the mountain right. to visit God. And, right. and we don't have... Uh, we don't, it, it, you, you have the Torah, you have the wisdom literature, mm -hmm. and then the prophetic, right? I mean, th that's, those are the three Generally, elements yeah. of the Old Testament. Yep. Uh, now we have this new thing where we have the four gospels, and then we have all these letters. Yeah. These communications between believers. Right, right. Instructional dialogue, but also very personal things. When Paul writes to Timothy, when Paul writes to Titus, it is very, very uh, intimate, which men don't like using that word, but there is a fellowship and a familial proximity and a nearness and a, a closeness and a, a deep brotherly love that these guys have. And that is kind of where the kingdom exists, mm -hmm. is that liminal space between believers. Mm. It's Define birth. liminal. So we... When, as kids of the 80s, yeah. we were always taught to fear with great trembling subliminal messages. Uh -huh. Subliminal is that kind of under the space. Uh -huh. the backward masking, if you play, sure. you know, whatever record sure, backwards, sure, sure. it would tell you to buy Amway or whatever. But liminal. But liminal is just, it just means a space. So mm -hmm. in one sense, the Bible is one great liminal narrative between two trees. Mm. Yes. You've got... The tree in Genesis, you got the tree Medieval in Revelation. Tree of life. Right. And then all that happens is God is good, man rebels, and then God continues to woo and pursue and woo and pursue and woo and pursue until finally we get to the end of Revelation 21 before 22. And there's the tree of life. Again, God's done it. And so all of the biblical narrative that impacts and involves and includes humanity is this liminal space between two trees. And in a microcosm of that, the kingdom was manifest, demonstrated in the space between Paul, wherever he was yeah. when he wrote this pastoral, yeah. and Titus on the island of Crete. And we, 2,000 years later, having this dialogue or conversations with our kids or yeah. other brothers and sisters or prospective Christians, and, 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 that space is where the kingdom happens. And part of what made this 
I, I've always, I'm, I'm, I believe that the, that pressure oftentimes increases focus. Yeah, right. Could you have been more under pressure than Paul? Oh. Now, what I what I mean by that is that there's something that's so uh, prescient in these messages because yeah. they're so close to. They, they understand we have the small church that Christ has died. Christ will come again. He's risen, but he will come again. And uh, we have been equipped to keep the flame. You know, you think about the Olympic flame. That yeah. keeps, you know, I don't, I don't mean that it's up. To, if it's up to, if it's to me, it's no, up no, to no, me. No, 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 no. But that, but that Paul understands that Titus is an integral part yeah. of the furtherance of the, of the body of Christ. Right. And that he speaks to him with absolute clarity of heart and mind. Yeah. Which, if we think about the context, the time and space where that happens, you're right. I think Paul, unlike perhaps any other person other than Jesus, Mm -hmm. you kind of get the impression that most of his life is lived with that feeling right before, as you're leaning back in your chair, yeah, yeah. right before it goes over. Yeah. And yet he also had more peace than any other person, save Christ, ever. So there's sort of that tension and balance, yet peace and joy. Well, he's been s- delivered so many times, <laughs> right. right? Right. He really has has the epinosis that God enduring Absolutely. love, his steadfast love endures forever. Yep. That and he- so he, with that, yeah. takes all that, being Saul of Tarsus, Jew of Jews, Pharisee of Pharisees, studied under Gamaliel, now knowing that he's an expander, an illuminer, if that's even a word, of Torah, explaining the mystery that was hidden for ages past as we studied in Ephesians, Mm. and now this uncircumcised Gentile on an island of Crete, which were kind of known culturally even back then as the knuckle-draggers of society, Mm. that Titus is now going to have influence to be an integral herald of the kingdom. Mm -hmm. That's an amazing thing that Paul gets to say, okay, I'm going to bridge this Mm -hmm. and connect it to here, which is what Jesus does with heaven and earth. And so it is an amazing thing to think of his focus. And Paul has understood now that that God does not use him because he's great. God uses him because God is great. And only Paul coming down off the horse on high to a to a, to decrease that he may yeah. increase within him. Absolutely. And so it it's a logical extension for him to say Titus is he may be it, the, the Nazareth principle is at work. Right. That is to say what good comes out of Crete? Right. Well, Titus, a broken saint. Yeah. Who because of the greatness of God and the grace of God is now going to have influence. Mm. Is not going to have a role of of leadership of directorial kingdom direction. That's incredible. And so we don't ever really fully know all that God is doing, but we can be certain that whatever he is doing, there's a purpose behind it. And we get to be participants and we're privileged to be partakers of whatever he's doing. And so I think one of Paul's great contributions is, I think he probably was a fun guy at times. I think most of the time he was super mindful of his kingdom ambassadorship, which is not to lay guilt and law on us to go, we, we should be more, mm-hmm. but to go, hey, look, what I think is a nuisance or an interruption, man, might actually be an opportunity for a kingdom narrative between the space of everyone that I encounter. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Well, and, and, and even as he uh, begins to instruct, after we get the opening yeah. with the first couple of verses, Paul, servant of God and an apostle, Jesus Christ, for the faith of God's elect and the knowledge of the truth that leads to godliness, a faith and knowledge resting on the hope of eternal life. What we believe about our future changes us presently, right. which God, who does not lie, thank you for that, tuck that in there, Yeah. help remind us, yeah. because when we hear God, even God has become personal to us. But we don't want to bring God down to our level. Right. We don't want to think that that there is any fluctuation in the character of God as we so regularly are disappointed by mm-hmm. in one another. Right. With God, there is no shadow of change, we know. Right. Thus, he does not lie. And, and that's very important because everything that Paul is going to deliver to Titus is predicated on the idea that God is delivering them only truth. Yeah. And he's not the author of confusion. What's exactly right. And it's sort of instructive and not to nerd out yeah. too much. Yeah, yeah. Come on. But it's interesting. We expected a little bit, Pastor Eric. <laughs> even in an introduction, Paul's doing theology. Yeah. He's when he says God who does not lie, he's not just saying a thing about God, although that's a theology. He's establishing the basis of thought. That's right. That God, by his ontology, meaning his nature, his <laughs> essence. His makeup, his ingredient, yeah. which is yeah. singular, uh-huh. is literally incapable of deceit. And there were all sorts of gods for the for the Greeks. That's it. And they were ornery little bastards. That they were bad. I mean, you know yeah. what? I'm saying? And, and it was like they had brought the gods down to earth so that they could understand one another. I love Greek mythology. Of course, it's kind of helpful in some ways. It's comic book. Well, comic book, but it but it but it 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 lays out archetypes. That's it. It helps us to see and understand humanity, but it does not deliver us from the predicament of humanity. No, the gospel not. does that alone. Only. And there's something about him reminding it this Gentile who's I mean Greek, right? Absolutely. Greek Gentile who would have would have been raised on the stories of, of mythology of these gods who were little Henri devils, right. essentially. Not not much different than us. No. Uh, but now Paul is saying we have the opportunity in the gospel to be raptured out of that uh, 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 of that allegiance to gods that lie. And thus, like, we reflect. Like, I think it, the, the, the Greeks' uh, emphasis on mythology may have helped them to understand themselves, but couldn't deliver them from the predicament. And so right. what they need is, like we all need, is deliverance. And so it, you're right. He's predicating everything else he's going to say on the not the assumption, but the revelation yeah. that the one true God can only be Himself. You can't help it. Only be Himself. Yeah. We need much more than the Greek pantheon or any other mm-hmm. system of beliefs pantheon, where it's mm-hmm. really just a collection, a corral of tragic heroes, mm-hmm. right? I mean, mm-hmm. even some of the great near Western. Literature, Cyrano de Bergerac, mm-hmm. the tragic hero. Mm-hmm. He's, yeah, he's kind of the center of the story, but he's got a flaw, and mm-hmm. it's going to end up bringing him in. All mm-hmm. these Greek gods end up being the Roman gods. Mm-hmm. They're just a little bit stronger than us. They're just mm-hmm. a little bit more powerful, a little bit more knowing. They're mm-hmm. a little bit more transcendent, but none of them are ultimate. Even Zeus has got his issues, right? Mm-hmm. But Paul says, no, 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 no. It's way better than that. We are invited into... The God who is true, who is one, and who is singularly whole, who is pure, who is holy, holy, holy. 
He's reached back through future history he to establish before the beginning of time. Yes, and at his appointed season, yeah, uh, he brought his word to light through the preaching entrusted to me by the command of God, our Savior. So he's really mixing in. He, we know that God is a Savior, but we know that Jesus is the manifestation of God, the yeah, Savior. Absolutely, uh, the Lamb of God. Uh, so he's, he's saying now to Titus, my true son in our common faith, that is mm -hmm. to say, uh, the faith that was in me begat the faith that was in you. It does. Doesn't it come through? I mean, I have, I have young guys that, that I have been honored to have delivered a word or two, not to mention plenty of evidence of why I too need and have received salvation. <laughs> no uh, doubt. It's an education both in the godliness of God and the manliness of me. Mm -hmm. I mean, we kind of have to, when we lead younger folks, we have to lead one another with an honest portrayal of ourselves, sure. not some uh, uh, ascension, mm. uh, upward pull theory of you can make it up here. See where I am? I remember getting hazed by the fraternity brothers. <laughs> No, I'm just kidding. But <laughs> <laughs> but the idea of one day you'll be able to come up to here. Yeah. The sense the sense for gospel uh, brotherhood, gospel fatherhood, if you will, mm -hmm. is the idea that uh, yes, I too, but for the grace of God, right. would be way down here and tend to slink back into my own vomit from time to time, like a dog. Not above it. Right. I mean, and that's what Paul will say again and again. He's the the least of all the saints, all the way down to he is the least of the apostles to uh, an apostle oddly born, which is mm -hmm. like a sort of a birth mm -hmm. defect kind of. And then finally, Second Timothy, the chief of all sinners. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it was a downward it's progression. Downward, downward mobility. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and to lead those over whom he had influence accordingly to go, hey, this is, isn't it great? The, the, the downward progression, the downward growth. Yields the more I get the gospel and that, that imputation, that's the wrong word. The, the impartation yeah. of the faith that I have, the confession of my sin, my need for a savior is what we actually convey. And so what it does is it puts additional rungs on the ladder and invites people to without saying, Hey, here it is. The first rung on the ladder is about six foot high. Good luck. Right. Oh, wait, you don't right. have it too bad. No. That's how I think a lot of folks... Yeah. The first rung the is gospel. you're dead in the water. It's right. You're, you're dead, dead, dead. I love how Paul, and this is something somebody explained to me. Maybe it was you years ago, but uh, grace and peace. Always. Always grace and peace and always grace before peace. Always. No peace without grace. Right. Uh, and Which that, was foreign to a Greek and Roman mindset. Because when he says peace, does he mean shalom? Is it something more like the the fullness of God expanding and pushing out through all your life? So, so that I always talk when I talk to guys about integrity. When I say something like, "You are just as much your wife's husband when you are with her as when you are not with her." Correct. You don't get to put on a hat of husband and then put on a hat of whatever else. You know that 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 right. true shalom, peace invades all areas of your life mm -hmm. and integrates you to yourself. You always say the gospel uh, redeems man to God and redeems man 
to, to one, one another, another. Yeah. but I always hear in my head and through that process of being redeemed to one another, I learn about myself sure. and I become re- I become reconciled me to me. Yeah. Now, I don't yeah. know I don't know exactly what that means because I think I'm still always and we always are in a process of it and we don't want to turn into navel gazers who are constantly trying to obsess about who we are, but at some point there is that blessing of finding shalom and peace and that you're not the same disintegrated person right. that you once were. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. Shalom is the the wholeness, the wellness in a sense it is a foretaste of what will be in the coming kingdom and for all eternity in the here and now. In the midst of the mess, mm-hmm. we have that kingdom ethic and peace, wholeness, wellness, fully in the midst of the presence of sin. One day, mm-hmm. it'll be completely obliterated, all that sin, but Paul's preaching a peace that is possible even in the here and now. Mm-hmm. And so grace and then peace. But you can't have that wholeness, wellness, shalom, apart from something outside, alien, coming and giving it to freely, which is completely antithetical to every other system of belief, pretty much in human history. And so it's a radical thing that he says, grace and peace. And that's the thing. That's why the, the theme of the my theme for preaching through Titus is that grace works and nothing else does. Grace works. Works don't work. Mm-hmm. Effort, accomplishment, obtaining, achieving, none of that stuff works. Grace works because we always, what we need is peace. We would say that uh, that the law is diagnostic, mm-hmm. but it has no power Nothing. in and of itself. But no. it is grace that, uh, that empowers or imbibes us with the obedience that the law commands. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, the law is a heavy, heavy, heavy chain, but it is grace that, I mean, to use a terrible marketing campaign from Red Bull, grace is what gives us wings, Mm -hmm. gives us the capacity to actually grow into what we were created to be. And when Christ says, be perfect as your heavenly father is perfect, he knows that his Holy Spirit is on the way. Yeah, that's right. It's like we've already ordered the pizza. We're waiting for it to get here. <laughs> Christ knows that his Holy Spirit is going to pour out into mm-hmm. believers everywhere to begin to give them the either the vaguest sense or the undeniable uh, uh, experience of yeah. his presence with them, pushing out all that uh, dis-ease and replacing it with the peace that comes from his presence. And his presence is first and foremost the presence of deliverance, the mm. presence of salvation. Yep. Right? So to whatever whatever thing that you feel that you are locked into or that you feel like you're suffering suffering something and maybe you feel that it was uh, the con- it's the consequences of your sin, so you just deserve it. Uh, mm. What salvation, the word of grace is to relieve, to bring comfort, to forgive, and, and to order bring, from yeah. chaos. Yes, it's always yes. order from chaos. That's what our lives are. 
Mm-hmm. That's what God does in creation. It's what Titus is called to use his influence to accomplish on the island of Crete. Mm-hmm. It's what we have the capacity because of the spirit of God within us, the word of God written down, the people of God that's around us to bring order out of chaos. That's mm-hmm. sort of the, mm-hmm. the flickering rolling forward of redemption, mm-hmm. even in this age, mm-hmm. that we get to resemble our creator as we bring order out of chaos. It's mm-hmm. that strange little image of when you see after a wedding reception, the car, vehicle, whatever it might be, all these tin cans are tied up strangely bleh, behind the vehicle. But as the vehicle takes off, all the cans line up because there's a forward progression. Mm. Order out of chaos. Every dialogue, every conversation, every relationship, every encounter, worshiping together corporately on a Sunday, husband and wife, extended family, we are the... Paul says it right here in his passage, by the preaching, there there is an intentionality and an articulation of the gospel that brings order out of chaos. Mm. And so the moments that we go through day by day, there's pretty much never a time when we're not in some way, directly or indirectly, able to be proclaimers of the gospel because there is one who has come, who will come again, And in the meantime, we get to be those who articulate that which brings order out of chaos, which I think is what this world is desperate and dying for. Bro, we first moved to our house, man, the garden. There was weeds like you cannot believe. And I got out there and nearly killed myself trying to bring it, (laughs) to bring order out of chaos. And no matter how good it looks, there's all, there's, my neighbor has this like, it's like a, it's like a horrible. You know what they call it? Kudzu. It's not kudzu. It's not. You know that that came yeah. over from uh, another country, I think, uh-huh. and and it just takes over parts of the uh, southwest, but southeast. Uh, but but this stuff, whatever this is, creeps in. I got to keep an eye on it, man. Always. God has made us through the filling of His Holy Spirit, constant gardeners. Ooh. Right. Gardeners who are. Aware. If that's not a song by like three I think o'clock a, this I think there may be a movie or a novel by that. But the idea of a constant gardener is a re-identification. Eden. Yep. We are back in Eden better than before because now we have the knowledge of his grace. And right. because we do, we have peace. And we have peace with one another. Right. And um, he, get, he goes right on to talk about elders. We don't have to get into that today. We we uh, but, but, but it's interesting that he does not say, here's what you need to do to be the best you you can be no. Titus what he says right away is you got to get you got to get with some other guys yep he paul understands godly male intimacy yeah and that influence begets influence mm-hmm. it's a force multiplier mm-hmm. i mean paul is this short little bow-legged bald-headed yeah. unibrowed guy with bad eyesight and yet he is the guy that god uses to raise up people who raise up people who raise up people. Yeah. And and Paul was intentional about that. All these people. One of the reasons I think he gets so frustrated with John Mark back in Acts mm-hmm. is because he realized this is a guy who is blunted and stunted. But in Timothy and Titus, he sees, hey, this is a guy who's going to go and get more people who are going to get more people. Now, later we know that Mark comes back and it's all good. But Paul was so fiercely focused on force multiplication mm-hmm. that he wants to impart that influence And I think Paul's a great example, clearly Titus is as well, that most people are going to trust a Christian before they trust Christ. Mm. 
And so we get to be mindful of that and we get to be available and accessible sometimes to irritation and frustration, but so much is at stake. And we get to be emissaries of that which brings order out of chaos. What a, what a great thing. God doesn't need us for that. Mm -hmm. But we get to be partakers of that, I think, dignifying grace. Yes, yes. Well, we're looking forward to hearing more about that. I suspect you're going to we're going to look more into Paul's instruction about, yeah. you know, the way, what a healthy church looks like. Mm. Uh, what a health what you've got to watch out for, those those now. weeds that come mm. in and kind of complicate I'm the call garden. next week kudzu. I don't even kudzu, know what it is, why but not? I think I Check just, it out, man. I, it's bad news. It's definitely from the evil one. There you go. We'll see you uh Sunday at 10 a.m. God bless. See y'all.